This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. A long time ago, I won't say how many years, Brian Anderson was a junior college wide receiver who ended up extending his career at Western Illinois. While he was at Western, he played with some incredible teammates, including future NFL stars Rodney Harrison and Brian Cox. And there he decided he was going to become a coach, staying on as a student assistant, eventually coaching the receivers for a couple years, and then launching into his own career as he moved on to the junior college ranks here in Kansas. Talk about foreshadowing. He was at Highland Community College for a couple seasons and then ended up at Coffeyville Community College from 97 to 2000. It was there that he said he was rescued by an upcoming coach named Jerry Kill. Jerry was putting together his new staff as he moved to Southern Illinois where he would stay from 01 to 07, and then he became the head coach at Northern Illinois, where once again he proved successful and got another job, moving on to Minnesota. And it was there that Brian Anderson coached the running backs first from 2011 to 13, and then moved on to the receivers, his main position from 14 to 16. And of course, Jerry Kill eventually retired due to health reasons, ending up ironically, at Kansas State as an associate AD for one year. Meanwhile, Brian Anderson took a pause in Illinois State to coach wide receivers, trying to figure out what his next move into big-time college football would or could be. It was one of those transition periods where a coach doesn't really know, was that it? Was that my shot? Am I going to get another one? Or am I going to have to start grinding and start all over from down here at the FCS level again? Well, he had met a coach along the way who obviously he impressed. And in the winter of 2018, not long after Chris Kleiman took over the Kansas State job, he called Brian Anderson and said, hey, you want to coach my running backs? Welcome to the PowerCat Sources Podcast. I am publisher Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And on the Sources Podcast, we call the people we consider sources and share our conversations directly with you our listeners. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Brian Anderson. He's a really great dude. You know, the first time I met Brian Anderson, you just kind of felt like you've known him for a long time. He's got this casual, easy, conversational way about him that I can see why he can relate to recruits and his players so well. Just a kind guy. He really, really enjoys talking to people, and I enjoyed my conversation with Brian Anderson. As you well know, Kansas State lost its season opening game to Arkansas State 35-31. And there wasn't much good to talk about after that game. There was a few bright spots, including one of the smallest players 
in college football. Running back Deuce Vaughn, a true freshman, a true freshman who came to Manhattan, Kansas, ready to play football, ready to step on the field. And it was shown on Saturday that he was mostly ready. Did he make mistakes? Yeah. At five foot five, he's going to have to really focus on pass blocking. If he wants to be an every down back, he can't use his size as an excuse for not being good at pass blocking. It's essential in almost any system, but certainly this Chris Kleiman offensive system. Deuce Vaughn carried the ball 12 times, picked up 47 yards, had a long carry of 19 on a day when the offensive line really struggled and the running backs had to go their own way, had to earn their own ticket. He's backing up Harry Trotter already in K-State's running back rotation. He's ahead of more experienced players, and you can see why the coaches have been raving about Deuce Vaughn. We'll get into that and a lot more, but let's get started with my discussion with running back coach Brian Anderson for the Kansas State Wildcats. Coach, certainly Saturday didn't go as planned. From a running back coach's perspective, what were some of the things that went wrong on the offensive side? You know, I think we as coaches, you know, went back and looked at it, and there's some definitely some things we could have done differently as a coach's offensive staff to help those guys out. Um, you know, we had a lot of younger guys on the offensive line who hadn't played in games before, and and so we looked at it as us as coaches more than the players. Right. And I think uh, uh, as we go forward, we got to continue to do a better job as coaches. Uh, putting our players in good situations, in better situations, I should say. It, I understand that, and I appreciate the fact. But how challenging was this to try to get a team ready without spring football, without the summer program, without you know, with all these interruptions? Uh, it had to be kind of an unrealized challenge. I mean, you just couldn't overcome some of this stuff, could you? No, you, you you know you you can't worry about what you can't control, and that's that's the biggest thing we've been talking to our kids about. You know, control what we can control, and uh, get got to come to work every single day. Uh, got to you know grind the playbook, got to grind film. Uh, so it's 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 different. We need we don't have those fifteen practices. You know, you got to find you know new ways to to uh, get guys to learn, and and then without the physical part of having practice on watching a lot of videos, so. Uh, we just got to continue to, you know, push those envelopes, and and, and hopefully we can uh, get this thing going in the right direction. You played three different running backs, tailbacks on on Saturday, which I didn't ever think I'd say this to coach. That seems less than typical <laughs> for the system. Um, assess what your running backs did do on Saturday. Well, I was very pleased with how they played. Uh, I thought Harry did a really good job, set the tone earlier, played within himself. And then, you know, you got a guy like Deuce who can do a lot of different things. We don't have to change the offense uh, when he's in the game. We can still run our inside zone. We can run our power game. We get the ball in the perimeter. And then Tyler's a good mixture between the both of them. Uh, Deuce, uh, it was impressive. Um, uh, you know, we sit here and we hear things from practice that this kid is so good. But to actually see him. There's something special there. I'm going to write it down to good coaching. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's He is electric, isn't he? Yes, he is. You know, and, and the thing about him is um, uh, he's grown up around it uh, his whole life. Um, his dad and I have known each other for a long time, and 
you know, he's been around the college game and obviously now with dad working for the Cowboys, he's been around the pro game. So he knows what it looks like and what it should look like. And uh, you can't, you know, you, you can't substitute that, you know, yeah. uh, the maturity part of things. And so that's definitely helped him. Uh, look, you can look at the talent. You can, he's obviously a great kid every time we've talked to him in the recruiting process, but to show up with that kind of knowledge of the system had to be really impressive. Yeah, he um, he had upper hand on guys coming in before. You know, his 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 dad being a scout for the Cowboys, uh, his dad had access to all our video, so they would have film sessions. You know, <laughs> after, after you know during the summer, you know before he came here, so he he was able to watch a lot of our games and and we would talk about terminology and those kind of things and. And so he was able to put some things together before he got here. So that definitely helped him. That's impressive. At his size, how challenging are things like pass protection? And and can he overcome that to be an every down back? Yeah, I, I think you can. I mean, obviously there's certain situations if you're playing a heavy blitz team and they're trying to bull rush you and those kind of things. And the biggest thing I try to tell him, no matter what the size of the back is, close the space out. And when you're able to close the space out, you're at least going to be in a position to have some type of power. But if I sit back, you can get bull rushed back into the quarterback. And that's for any back. You know, I, I think the b- biggest thing is knowing where to go and then get there quick and then be, be prepared with your hands up with good technique and, and understand how my feet need to be set. And I think um, he'll be just fine. You know, I, I think the biggest thing for defense is when you got a guy like that, that all of a sudden slips by you. And all of a sudden, you're supposed to be covering that guy man to man, and you run right by him. So there's things that we can do to help that process. Also, he one of the things that I saw was he kind of missed on a couple cut blocks. It went down a little bit too low or too quickly. Um, yeah, just learning process with that. Yeah, you know when, you, when most high school kids come in, uh, they've never really cut before. No. So you can do, you can simulate in practice. Um, you can simulate it in, in drills and those kind of things, but you got to really do it with live bullets. And uh, so I think he'll he'll watch the film and he'll learn from it. He'll know exactly how to fix it. You know, so that's the great thing about him. He's he watched the game probably thirty to forty minutes after I watched the game uh, Saturday afternoon, and and uh, we had some conversations uh, Saturday night. So you know, he's on top of it already. That's impressive. Uh, Tyler Burns got one carry. Uh, what's he bring to the table as kind of a, a third back back there, a more sizable guy? Yeah, he, what he is for us, uh, he catches the ball really well out of the backfield. He has really good feet. Uh, but, you know, the biggest thing that Tyler can in, in the problem, one of the situations for him is he's such a good special teams player for us also. And he's playing on four special teams. So he's getting a lot of a lot of his work on special teams, but also he has to be prepared uh, to be able to carry the load, you know, and so um, he's a different breed because he's a little bit bigger than hot t- um, uh, Harry. Obviously, he's bigger than than Deuce, and uh, he has decent speed too. So uh, he'll get his he'll get more opportunities as we get going. I do believe. Uh, do you see Harry being a lot more productive once the offensive line settles in? He's more of a between the tackles guy. He can do it all, but he he likes to get upfield quickly, and that just wasn't that available on Saturday, was it? No, it, it wasn't. And like I said, some of the things that we were doing as coaches 
uh, can help those guys out up front too. So, but no, Harry is, he's durable. He's very good in protection. He catches the ball well out of the backfield. Uh, his knowledge of the offense is, is, um, is, un, un, you know, he's, he's, he knows it inside and out. Uh, he knows how to get guys lined up. Uh, so he can help in that department also. He understands the run schemes, the blocking schemes up front. Uh, so his knowledge is invaluable for our football team right now. Yeah, I mean, he just he doesn't really seem to have a weakness. Is that fair to say? I mean, you can argue other guys might be more explosive or, you know, might do some things a little bit better, but he's just an all-around solid guy you can put out there, and he's not going to screw up very often. No, he's he's not. He he, no mental errors. Uh, the thing about it, I'm I'm really I was impressed with him on Saturday. Was you know he ran, he had some runs where a year ago he would have went down on first contact. And he did not. And uh, so that was the improvement of him working during the summertime, the offseason, on getting stronger in the lower half and, and becoming a better athlete to make guys miss, understand, hey, I can't take the guy on full. I got to take half the man. And so he was doing things that he had not shown before. That, that was impressive to me. Well, you only played those three guys, but you've got a pretty crowded running back room, don't you? Is it? And you had a yeah. couple guys not show up, too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's tough, you know, it's competition and, and, you know, it's, it's every day in practice. That's where, that's where you win your opportunities to play on Saturday. And so it's, it's every week and you got to show up and that's part of it, you know, and it's no different guys that play on Sunday. You got to show up or you're going to be inactive, you know? So yeah. uh, we have guys that that were available. Uh, but um, as the game went, we just felt that, as we kept going and, and where we were at at that point in time, uh, I just rode the guys that we had uh, playing early. Yeah. Uh, who would be maybe on the cusp of making that breakthrough and getting on the field? Well, I, I think, you know, you, you know, Mosey is, is right there on the cusp of, of being a guy because he's so fast and uh, he, he's explosive. You know, G. Cartier is, is a, he's a bigger back. Um, he's over 210 pounds and, and he runs well and those kind of things. And this just being consistent is, is the biggest key. And, and I think as those guys keep growing, uh, I think they'll be in the mix as we get going uh, in the Big 12 play. If you're a running back who didn't get much playing time or sitting out this season and you turn on the TV and see Deuce, that should be pretty darn motivating. I mean, that, that this freshman can come in and do this. And if, if you're not doing the right things, He's going to take the playing time. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, he. I mean, like I said, and they we have a really good room. Um, there's no denying, you know, his ability, his his maturity. There's no denying that, and I think guys understand that, and I think they understand that um, that that's just the way our program is going to roll. We're we're going to roll with guys who can handle it, guys who perform in practice, because that's where you. I I try to tell them all the time, guys. Practice is the hardest thing you're going to do. You know, the game should be easy, you know. And so when you conform well in practice, uh, it usually shows up in the games. And, and that's the key. And um, uh, everyone says, oh, practice, practice. Yeah, practice is important. You know, you practice more than you play games. And if you can be consistent at practice, then you will be consistent in the 12 games or whatever opportunities you're getting to play on Saturday. How much more settled is this staff now in year two, even with the, all the chaos that's going on around you? 
I think we're pretty settled. I think a year ago for myself, even though I've known Coach Climate for a long time, uh, I've never really worked with him in this, in this capacity uh, since 1994. And so it was a long time ago when he and I worked together. And so I was still feeling my way a year ago on how to do things around him. And, and, and now I know that I can just be myself on how I discipline my players, how I talk to my players. And um, he's okay with that. Sometimes, you know, you go in a situation where you're not first, you're working with a, a coach for the first time and you're not knowing, you know, how things work. And I feel as comfortable now that I've felt in 16 years with Jerry kill. So um, I think we're selling in just fine. And, and uh, now we just got to continue to ride the wave and, and, and hopefully, you know, get these kids to kind of understand the, the process of building the program and, and what it's all about. And continue to get kids. What's how challenging is this recruiting process right now for, for you not being able to go out and not being able to have kids come in and see them in person? Well, it's, it's very challenging, but the biggest thing that we try to lean, lean on is relationships, uh, trusting people, the high school coaches, people we know uh, in that school, people that we may be related to that kid or something in that, in that capacity. So that's what it's, it's about building a relationship, even though you're not being able to see these kids face to face, but knowing people that know them, that, that been around these kids, I think that's the biggest factor for us uh, because they might be a kid that's, you know, doesn't have a lot of notoriety, but he's a really good kid. He's a really good player and we know a lot about him. And so I think that's what we're relying on more than anything is getting to try to know people outside the kids, um, family, maybe, uh, of just having that relationship and, and knowing him inside and out. I think that's the key for us. I'm curious. You, you kind of have different roles with your running backs. I mean, they kind of have to all do it, but you're now kind of developing the little guy, the scat back guy, you know, the, the bigger, more powerful guy. When you go on the recruiting trail, are you looking for a specific body type or are you just looking for a dude that can play, can catch the ball, run the ball, block? It doesn't matter their size. Well, I'm right now for what we have in, in this last year's class with, with Deuce and Mosey, they're on the smaller size. So my, my, the next thing I'm looking for, I'm looking for the, a nice size back yeah. that's very uh, a guy who can possibly play a receiver, a guy who can carry the ball, that can run between the tackles, a guy who could be a really good special teams player for us. So I'm trying to find the best athlete. Um, that can help us continue to build our offense because it comes down to matchups at the end of the day. And if we can get better athletes than a strong safety or a linebacker uh, or, or whatever it may be, then that's what, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a guy that can do multiple things. Let's take a short break right now on the PowerCat Sources Podcast. The PowerCat Podcast will be right back. We now send it back to the PowerCat podcast. We now return to the PowerCat Sources podcast, and our guest today is Kansas State running backs coach Brian Anderson. I want to ask you some questions about your playing time, uh, your playing career at Western. Um, describe yourself as a receiver. I relied on my smartness. <laughs> um, I relied on knowing things that other guys didn't know. 
Um, was I one of the top players on the team? No, I was not. I never claimed to be. But I, I came to practice every day, and I, I tried to, you know, gain as much knowledge as I could. Uh, I think having the, some of the teammates, some of the guys I played with, helped me with that. Uh, I remember being on the scout team, and Brian Cox, who was a 12-year NFL vet, being my teammate. And if I didn't give him a good look on scout team, he let me know <laughs> right away. And uh, and he didn't just say, go in there and watch the film. No, he he made sure I was in there watching the film and making sure I was giving the defense a good look. Um, so I was always one of those guys who's going to be a team player, even though uh, I wasn't one of the top guys. I just wanted to you know, learn as much as I could um, and try to be the best teammate I could. It's pretty remarkable. You had Brian Cox and Rodney Harrison on the, in the same time period there at Western. Who would you prefer not to get hit by? Uh, well, neither one of them, but <laughs> uh, Brian, for sure. I mean, he could uncoil on people like I've never seen before. And, and then Rodney was just, it was an everyday thing with him. I mean, it was, I mean, very impressive. A guy would, practice and then go straight to the weight room after practice every day and, and lift for an hour and a half. Um, so uh, very fortunate to be around two guys uh, that had great careers in NFL and, uh, and learn football from those guys, even though I was older than Rodney, but just to see his work ethic in practice and, um, and then see him perform on Saturdays was awesome. Having those kind of guys in your program that, set that kind of tone is just invaluable, isn't it? Do you got who, who on the team right now kind of sets that tone? Well, I think we're still trying as a team, we're still trying to find that and and build that Um, to give the guys the okay to step out of their shell a little bit. And sometimes it's hard for guys of the unknown, you know, um, you know, right now in today's society, I think it's all about, you know, you don't want, you want to make sure your teammates like you, you know, and that's one thing I learned from Brian Cox and Rodney Harrison. They didn't, they didn't care about the like part. They wanted the respect part. And, uh, you know, I was sitting in the locker room with Brian Cox on one of his last years in NFL when he was playing for the saints and we're talking and, and there were some guys on the other side of the locker room, uh, kind of having some words about not getting enough reps, blah, blah, blah. And kind of, you know, complaining a little bit and he just told me to hold on for a second and he casually walked over there and and let those two guys have it and in some choice words and he didn't care if they liked him or not but that's what he was there for to mold that locker room and get guys to understand what the NFL is all about and so even seeing that you know it's still you, you you there's not too many guys out there like that you know and um that's why some of these guys that are playing now in the NFL are going to be yellow jacket guys. You know, the Tom Brady's, the, you know, those kind of guys who can demand their team and their teammates to work hard in practice, demand their teams to play hard in games uh, because it's not about the likeness part. It's about the respect, the respect, the respect part. That's great stuff. I, it's just hard to find those guys, isn't it? That, that have such clarity of purpose that, you know, it's not about you're not getting yours. You're not earning yours. And that's just a a difference a lot of people, maybe including myself, sometimes have trouble grasping. 
Yeah, it is. It, it really is. And that's, and I think that goes back to recruiting when you can find guys and you can find as much about them, their background and, and what they've gone through uh, in their lifetime and, and kind of get a feel, Hey, if this, if this is the guy that, you know, and, and some guys, like I said, it's some, what happens now is social media has blown up so much and and so guys are really into that and not just college guys nfl guys and and you find out how long guys last and, and guys may have a one to two year career in the nfl because they're so worried about what's going on what people say about them on, on twitter instead of really diving in and, and really saying hey i can make a living out of this and make a lot of money you know yeah. uh, and those guys don't last very long and this is the guys who don't care about what goes on on twitter and what the media said about them they just stay the course you know, and so is there's a fine line of, of of understanding, hey, this kid is not that kind of kid. This is the kind of kid he is, and that's what we want in our program. You mentioned recruiting again. Uh, as as you talk to kids, uh, how recognizes the power cat? And are you are you seeing a kind of change maybe down in Georgia of kids recognizing what that is quite a bit more? Oh yeah, yes, I, I have. Um, the, Kansas State has a great name all over the country. And the brand of football we play, not just offense, but defense, but then special teams is a big part of that. You know, and so we have a good name in, in, in Georgia. Um, and our players that are from there have performed well. Um, when you have guys like Duke Shelling playing in the National Football League right now, and hopefully we can continue to, to gain, get guys out of there because I've, I know over my years of recruiting that state, I've built great relationships with high school coaches down there and they know what I'm all about. Uh, and so it's, it's definitely helped uh, our guys that are here now having success and then continue to, to cultivate those kind of kids up here. Well, you coached in the Kansas Juco ranks. Um, and I know junior college recruiting isn't a big emphasis for this staff, but when you're in Kansas, you kind of need to leverage it once in a while because it's, a valuable asset. Uh, how much do you want to get out into the junior colleges? And um, what was that experience like coaching at that level? Well, it was, it was, it was eye opening um, <laughs> to kind of see the, as many athletes on one field at one time, you know, it was, um, it was unique. Uh, you go to practice and I mean, you just saw some like, you know, the terms freaks, size, speed, strength. Um, it was unbelievable. And then, you know, I think it's one of those, it's one of those things we have, you know, obviously we, we have good relationship with some of these coaches in this, in the state in the Kansas Jucos, and we got to continue to re- use those resources. And again, it's, uh, it's about getting the right kid to also not just getting a band aid because, Hey, we need this position and this kid available at, at Butler Hutch or coffee or wherever, uh, is he the right kid? You know, and will he will he have success here? Not just at not just on the football field, but will he have success academically? You know, um, so I think it's, it's it's still finding the right kid, no matter if it's a junior college kids or a high school kid. You know, Kansas State with Bill Snyder, it was he kind of made JUCO recruiting cool. You know, I mean, before that, there was a stigma around picking up JUCO players that was incredibly unfair. And he proved that you can compete at the national level with guys like Michael Bishop and so on. Um, uh, I, have you noticed over the years 
more programs trying to get into the JUCO ranks and saying, well, this is really viable because back in the early nineties, it sure wasn't for a lot of programs. Right. It, it wasn't. Um, yeah. I I've seen it more and more often now, just for the matter of fact, like the Kansas JUCOs is unlimited. Yeah. So there are, I mean, 30, 40, 50 players from out of state and all good players for the most part. And so those kids are, if, if they were maybe short a test or maybe short a, a class or where it might be, or some of them are qualifiers who need this to, Hey, go Juco for a year and, and see what happens. Uh, so I think you're going to, you're going to see more teams, you know, diving in because there's so many players uh, out there that, that go Juco. And then all of a sudden, bam, you know, there's a kid that, that was at a, um, uh, we had a kid at, University of Minnesota, who went to a Division three school first, and then went to Cogsville for a year, and was a three-year starter in the Big Ten, and played four years in National Football League. You know, so you find kids like that in the JUCO ranks, and so um, you can you can still find good kids there, and 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 but again, you got to make it sure it's the right fit. Also, don't just go out there and say, "Hey, this kid because he's this big and this fast, and we need him," well, but he don't fit. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he's not going to succeed in this culture of, of, you know, always doing things right, showing up on time. Uh, no matter what his ability is, uh, he's just not going to be a fit for what we're, what we're trying to get accomplished here. In a way, Saturday is kind of a lesson in recruiting that there's players everywhere. And a program like Arkansas State went out and found some guys. Jonathan Adams was a two-star recruit coming out of high school. And yet on Saturday, he looked like an NFL guy. Is that just, you got to trust your own instincts when you're recruiting. You got to trust your eyes, trust your instincts about a player and go with it and don't worry about any of the outside stuff. Yeah, you, you can't, you cannot worry about it. You know, and, and I've, I've always been a big believer in that and trust what you see, you know, trust the, what people have told you about this kid. Um, some kids are late developers, but if he has these intangibles as a, uh, he has length, um, he has a good gene pool, you know, his, 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 his family has, you know, his dad played this, his mom was a volleyball player, you know, his video may not be great, but he has intangibles from his background, his bloodline. You know, we had a kid at University of Minnesota named Max Williams, who's a second round draft pick. Uh, 2014, and if I showed you his high school video, you would be like, eh, 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 "No, I don't think this kid's a player." But his dad played 12 years in National Football League. His mom was the best volleyball player at the University of Minnesota. His grandfather played quarterback at Notre Dame and played for the Chicago Bears. The bloodline was huge. He came to camp. He did some things, and we were like, "Now nah, we got to take this kid." Well, he came out as a redshirt sophomore and got drafted in the second round. But if you watch this video, you might think, ah, oh, man, that's a reach, you know. So I, I think when you can you can dig deep on some of these kids and find out, you know, where they're from and what they've gone through and those kind of things, you can find some really, really good players. They may not be great right now, but in a year or two, a year in the weight room, a, a year of nutrition, uh, a year in a system, uh, and all of a sudden, you're seeing 
see them grow because if they got the right mindset, that's part of it anyway, is having the right mindset to be better, to bring it out in them. A couple questions as we wind up here. Uh, you had a long time affiliation with Jerry Kill. How awesome is he? He seems like just a great guy and a great coach. No, he, he, first of all, he is a great person. Yeah. Uh, he is a great, great person. I've learned so much from him on how to deal with people, how to how to coach kids, how to get the most out of kids. Um, even though he's at TCU, we still talk maybe once every two to three weeks um, just to throw ideas off each other. Um, he is a guy that I would always look up to in this profession because he's the one that helped me uh, get out of Coffeeville and not knowing that not knowing if I would ever get out of junior college ranks. Uh, he was a, he was, he had enough trust in me when we first met and, and uh, we've been friends ever since. And I, I, I call him a father figure. I call him a, a mentor. I mean, he, he's, he's my guy and um, we have a special relationship. Chris Kleiman and Courtney Messingham are golfers. What does Brian Anderson do when he can get out of the office and not think football? Um, well, coach Messingham is, is my, my ball guy. What I mean by that is he likes to go out to the golf course and find golf balls. And so he would once every two or three weeks, he'd bring a bucket of balls that he found on the course over to my house. And I would take, I, I do golf, but I have not golfed since I've been here. So what I do, I get my practice. I hit golf balls from my front yard across the street because there's no houses across the street from my house. <laughs> so I practice out there before I hit the golf course. So I, I need to continue to just hit balls before I go out there and play with those guys because I do not want to go out there and embarrass myself. So uh, I'm going to continue to do that until I feel comfortable to go out there with them. How many years will that take? Uh, I think I'll, I'll think I'll be ready to go by next spring. Okay, Coach, I appreciate it very much. Uh, make the most of the the off week and get healthier and better, and and then good luck going down to Oklahoma. That should be interesting with limited fans. Very strange. Oh yeah, it will be. But you know, I think this week will be a good week to to kind of get back to the basics and um, and then get ourselves going in the right direction and. And uh, go down there and, and, and come back with hopefully with a win. That will do it for this week's Sources Podcast. We will return next week with another coach and another edition of the Sources. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.